Welcome to the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jade, I will buy you the nicest dinner possible if Giannis doesn't end up with at least 80% of the vote. Like, Giannis is going to run away with this thing. I think this is filler for, like, late February, early March. Like, like I, I just don't – I don't believe this story. Everyone's like, oh, it, you know, there's a lot of talk about this. I haven't seen any of the talk. I've only seen the talk about it. Nothing. I want you know the elevator. Yes. Go in the elevator. An elevator – also, people having their ticket scanned also. An elevator's not moving. And the security guy comes to me and says, we need you to get off the elevator. I said, for what? So we, well, we could speak about it now. I said, I'm not getting out of the elevator. So it was another five minutes. Then they finally send the elevator up because they know I'm not getting out the elevator. Get on the elevator. As you know, people don't know, the garden floor is on the fifth floor. Elevator go up to five, and security's waiting for you like it just ran out of Macy's stealing something. I just don't believe it. Lock it in! There's, like, someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulate them on the set. This is the Basketball Buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh, man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA that I've ever heard in my entire life. Money, I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a, you know, Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> right now, that is I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell oh you boy. that much. Oh <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I think. I, I don't think it's inconsistent. Well, you've been popped, right? Yes. <laughs> he may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jay Poy. Everyone does them too well when they don't. Yeah, yes, it's right. This is a journey into sound. The mecca of basketball. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications could be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined today by Dave Dufour, Wozni Lambre. We'll have Mo Dokiel in a second, and we got Mike Vorkanoff because there is chaos with the undefeated Leon Rose Knicks. Already, last night, did Spike Lee get banned from Madison Square Garden? Did he get banned from a certain entrance? We don't know, but he went on first take today and he was ripping the Knicks, ripping them. So, Mike, explain this Spike Lee madness to us. I'm always confused how to contextualize craziness with the Knicks for the people who don't see it day to day. Uh, Let's see. So there's a video of Spike Lee um, getting really angry and screaming at security guards and... For a moment there, everyone thought he got banned from the garden like Charles Oakley had because he was invoking Oakley's name. And then we see him sitting courtside in his usual seats for the second half of the Knicks game last night against the Rockets. And everything seemed to be okay. The Knicks are saying uh, peace was found between him and James Dolan and all is right in the world. And then Spike Lee goes on first take today and just burns MSG down to the ground says that Dolan was harassing him, that they changed the entrance at MSG after he'd been taking it for 28 years, and now he's not going to another Knicks game all season. He spent $299,000 on the season tickets, and he's willing to just let that money go up and smoke. And he does not like James Dolan, and I can't believe we're here again. I feel like this is just a redux of, of two years ago. Like, why is, why is everything 
always coming back to the same point with the Knicks. I mean, it's the root cause, right? Yeah, no one seems to like James Dolan, and James Dolan seems to create this tension that lives on uh, with uh, the fans, with the entire organization. I I think the crazy thing about this is that it could have been settled, and it seemed like it might have been settled last night at halftime. James Dolan came up. He asked to talk to Spike Lee personally. And Spike Lee was asking what was going on, why no one told him that they changed the entrance, the same one he'd been using for 28 years. And James told him, well, now, you know, and this is why we're here. And the Knicks put out a statement and that really got Spike Lee pissed off. And now he's calling it spin. And it's just it's just this perverse universe that we live in where nothing can go right for the Knicks. And it all seems to collapse on itself because did you know they beat the Rockets last night? I mean. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockets lost to them, that's for sure. Um, I, I want I want to know who does Dolan actually get along with? Like I like I, I know Isaiah right, Thomas. Yeah, I you know that for a fact because <laughs> he's tried to give him like twenty different jobs within the organization over the years. So we know he loves Isaiah Thomas for a fact. But like, who are James Dolan's people over there at MSG? Uh, well, for like about 20 to 25 years, it had been Steve Mills. That's not the case anymore. Um, Isaiah Thomas has been there in a lot of different capacities for a while. Uh, and, you know, I can honestly say that's about it. You know, they have wow. a revolving door of executives, of coaches, of MSG presidents and CEOs. Um, you know, James Do- uh, Dolan is the law at Madison Square Garden. And um, everything else, I think, kind of trickles down from that. And I think that's why we see so many things like this happen. And it's, um, it's, it's honestly, it's like, <laughs> it's tiresome to deal with every day. I thought it was going to get a nice quiet morning. And then I go on, have to go watch uh, first take and watch all this play out. What's ne- like, there's going to be a watch on Spike Lee going to the next game, right? Well, he's already said he's not going for the rest of the year. He said, he'll be back next year. He's going to the draft, but he doesn't want to come back this year. So it's an opportunity <laughs> for the Nets, right? Those tickets cost three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, but, but here's the real question, right? Like, I think, I think this all could have been fine, and it would have been all right. And Spike Lee gets to come back whenever he wants. Um, if he had just said mean things about the Knicks, right? The the tipping point in all of these feuds between celebrity X, player X, X player X, and the Knicks is when it gets taken to a level of criticism with James Dolan. That's that's the point you can't get back from, because that's when people start getting kicked out of the arena, banned, um, whatever the case may be, is that the criticism of the Knicks is okay, Criticism of Dolan personally is not. And so that's why I'm curious to see how the situation with Spike Lee and Dolan and the Knicks plays out is like he went there and he said that James Dolan is harassing him, not the Knicks, not MSG. Like this got taken to a personal level. And I don't know where it goes next because of that, because it's either going to take. Um, James Dolan and, and the garden coming out with some, um, you know, equanimity and just like being humble and asking for forgiveness in that way or for Spike for forgiving MSG and Dolan. I, I don't see either of those things happening. But isn't that where Steve Stout's got to come in now? Isn't this kind of oh, like a I Steve Stout? I forgot Stout. about this, Steve Stout. This, that's his job, though. But this is his that's job, kind of That's though, kind right? of where what, I feel like right. that's kind of where I feel like Steve Stout has to to roll in here and, you know, say – all right, we got to figure this out. And then, you know, after they fix this Spike Lee gate, they got to start working on figuring out how to get Oak back in the fold. But like, this is, this is, this is a Steve Stout thing now. Well, I mean, he was supposed to be working on how to get Oak back in the fold, but now he's got to stop that to figure out how to get Spike Lee back in the fold. And we don't know what's going to happen for the remaining month and a half of the season. And I'm only half being facetious. Like 
Steve Stout and Charles Oakley have been friends for, I think, like 20 or 30 years, something like that. Um, that's not been enough to bring Charles back, Oakley back yet. You know, they, the Garden, and good for them, put out like a peace statement basically saying we want peace. But that was only after they won their lawsuit against Charles Oakley in court. So even that was conditioned on something. So I don't know where this goes. I don't I don't know if Steve Stout has the equity at the Garden to get this all done, because it's not about Steve Stout working out some kind of agreement. It's about James Dolan buying in on whatever that agreement is. Yeah, to me, like, I don't think Nick fans have a real personal attachment to Spike Lee like that. I think that was like a 90s thing. I think the the whole Spike sitting courtside thing is is old hat. But I do think he's sort of a symbol for the fan base, you know, writ large. Right. And. <laughs> Again, these these tickets cost $300,000. Spike has been sitting courtside paying for his seat for like a de- for, you know, over like two de- over two decades now. Um and this is the treatment that he gets, right? And it's like, you know, Oakley is one thing. He's sort of like a, you know, a, a Knicks New York Knicks ambassador, but Spike Lee is the fan. And James Dolan just could give two shits about the fan. Like it's to me, that's a message. There's like, I don't care about y'all. Um, and again, the, the Knicks, I saw the statement that, that, um, Leon Rose put out where he's like, I want everybody to be patient and blah, 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 blah. I think you can call Nick fans a lot of things. I would call them delusional first, but impatient is not one of them. Like that arena is constantly packed. They do great numbers on MSG. Like the fan base is tuned in. They've been patient. They haven't had a winner for 20 years. Um, and, and all Dolan does is basically just crap all over them. Like, I, I like when are the Knicks fans going to have, have enough of this, Mike? I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's by now, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, even now, like I saw it, look, it wasn't universal. But like when I was tweeting this stuff out in my mentions, there's some people angry at Spike. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, partisanship creates insanity in some points. It's, it's almost going to have to take the Nick fans as a whole going like, we're not coming anymore. Yeah, but like, they, they won't do then that. Then you got to start. That's not happening. There, it's, it's, it's not. It's not, not but that's Spike the Lee. only way. They're addicted. But no, no, it's no, like heroin to these but people. I, but that's my point. That's never going to happen. But I think that's the only way that you can actually get some sort of change where like the league has to step in going like, yo, ain't nobody showing up to the games or anything like that. Like that's really the only chance. The fact that it that it would cost two thousand dollars that the Knicks can confidently charge two thousand fifteen hundred dollars to sit courtside to watch that team play basketball is just nuts. And like, if you're James Dolan, he's like, "How can I be a bad owner when I'm making all this money? Isn't this the point of owning the team? The the point is not to win. Clearly, I'm doing my job. I'm making money here." So, like, I don't see how this problem ever fixes itself outside of Dolan being tired of being the Knicks owner. Um, he's being rewarded at every single turn. Yeah, Even if he valuation. sold the team, he'd be rewarded for it with billions of dollars. And like, you know who that sounds ugh. like was? That sounds like one Donald J. Sterling. It's facts. Yep. That's exactly his attitude the whole time was, I just need to make money. I don't care about winning. He turned losing profitable. And I mean, essentially every time they had young talent, gave him away, never worried about trying to re up most of those guys. So, you know, that's just the same thing, man. It's, 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 it's that cycle, man. And that's just bad ownership all the way. I will say this for James Dolan. I think the difference between him and Sterling is by most accounts, it seems like Donald Sterling didn't want to spend money 
and thought he could Stolen like, spend, you know, Stolen spends like Sterling, you know, use the Clippers like a 99 cent dollar store, right? Like he didn't want to use any of these money if he didn't have to. Dolan spends the money. He just makes bad decisions and puts one on top of the other on top of the other. And that's how they get to where they are. And there's no patience, right? Because every president or coach lasts two to three years max, essentially. Um, and that's how they get to where they are now. I wouldn't say a dollar store. I'd say it was more like a smart and final or a TJ Maxx, you know, big <laughs> lots, maybe a big lots, like definitely lower prices. Costco. This team has had seven head coaches in the last 10 years and five GMs, right? Like five GMs in 10 years is wild. Insane. <laughs> yeah, that's well, nice. that's Frank nice. Nilakina, who is the longest tenured Nick, is 21 years old. Oh He's been there for two God. point like seven seasons. He's had, had three team presidents already. He's had three coaches. Um, and like I said, he's not even been there for three full years. Like that's that's the turnover that's been going on. So speaking of new team presidents, uh, Leon Rose is finally announced yesterday. Um, I mentioned that he said he want to be patient and they want to secure the future and same time sure up the present and blah, 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 blah. Um, what's the spin coming out of MSG as to why this this is going to work? This is the savior that's going to carry the Knicks fans into championship glory. What's the what's the PR coming out of MSG as far as why Leon Rose is the guy? I mean, there is no PR this time. No one's talking. There's no spin. There's no press conference. There's no media availability. There's the statement that he made, but that's boilerplate, right? Like that's, you can have a word cloud of his statement and what Steve Mills said and Phil Jackson said, and I'm sure the same words will come up. You know, I think they're doing it because they think this along with bringing in Steve Stout, like will help them rebrand and become a place for star free agents to go to. And I think that's the action plan this time around. But uh, we've seen that with the Knicks before too, and that hasn't worked out either. Well, they got, I don't know if it didn't work out. They got, uh, what's his name? Julius Randle? You know? <laughs> the fact you had to go, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> so the Knicks strategy for um, energizing the bases, they don't have one. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, the, I do think like being quiet is the way to go. Mm. Like some grand statement. No one's going to believe the grand statement anyway, right? It's going to be a, a show me you know, show me to prove it. And so like, I think Leon Rose is smart enough to where, to know like any of this spin is just going to be BS, right? He has to make a statement, but he's not going to go in front of cameras and everything to, to do the press conference because it's been done apparently five times in the last 10 years, right? Like that's, that's what it's been done. And so the only way to actually build that is to do stuff properly behind the scenes and stop talking in front. So of you're the saying he shouldn't go on first take and talk about building the brand. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they have a guy for that, right? They, yeah. they have Steve Stout. And so I feel like that's but no, the reason why I asked this is because it's the Knicks. And I, you know, I was, I was in, still in New York at the time of the Larry Brown hiring. Wait, and I remember New York? the dopamine hit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm from New York. Oh shit. Oh. Um, I remember the dopamine hit that the Knicks fans got when they got Larry Brown, the homecoming. They're going to play basketball the right way. Now he's going to oh, show right Steve way. Francis and yeah. Stefan Marbury, the, the principles of winning basketball. And that thing was a complete disaster. I remember when, Phil Jackson came in with his, you know, 500 NBA championship rings and, you know, his Zen quality from Wyoming or is it Montana? I can never remember which one of those fake states that Phil Jackson lives in. (laughs) But I remember Nick fans being like, it's Phil Jackson. He's bringing the championship culture to New York. It's going to work. It's going to be great. 
And that thing flamed out so fast. I just, you know, it's interesting that they're just not doing that big parade now um, for this hiring. I will say this, and, and Mike, I'm curious if you agree. Like, to be fair, Phil Jackson didn't try. Like, I don't think, I mean, maybe they should have vetted his his whole so like, commitment so a little true. bit better. But, like, I'm all for killing the Knicks, but I feel like Phil Jackson Wait, didn't, didn't he personally it. test uh, Joakim Noah's shoulder, though? No. <laughs> oh, that's right. Dr. Phil Jackson. Oh, he didn't. Because they asked Joakim Noah about it. I actually watched this when, whenever they released Joakim Noah. I went back and watched the video. They asked Joakim Noah about it, and his reaction to the question was like, what the hell are you talking about? This never happened. Listen, man, him and him and him. He went to Phil Jackson's ranch in the great Western frontier and they did some peyote and he came Allegedly. out $80 million richer. Yeah. And that's the story. Phil Jackson didn't test his shoulder. They just got high together. Well, maybe he all. saw how much peyote he could lift. <laughs> <laughs> Phil probably just thought he's like, yo, I need to just have this guy around, man. He can roll one up. How much is a joking no is worth of peyote? How much does that go for? How much is a joking no is worth of peyote? That's a good price. <laughs> How much is a joke he knows when I'm just like, 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 I'm Right. I went to the elevator, just go in the elevator, and elevator option. Also, people having a ticket scan also. <laughs> and elevator's not moving. And the security guy coming in and said, you need to do up the elevator. I said, for what? Right. And we could speak about it now. I'm not getting out of the elevator. So it's another five minutes, and they finally send the elevator up because they know I'm not. New York is the mecca of basketball. You like it? You think? Right. Now we I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. What's so good about Cleveland? This is the um, all right, what else can we talk about? Giannis. Guys, he went into South Beach last night on the second night of a back-to-back and stunk. He was terrible. 13 points on like 15 shots or something like that. Uh, he did have 15 rebounds, but he's now uh, he's now lost to Miami twice this year. And Miami's got to be feeling... It's funny, like... Watching uh, because I I follow the Levitard show as closely as I do, and then you know I follow a decent number of Miami people. Um, is that over the last like week or so, the Heat fans and in, in the Heat media and stuff like they really came back down to earth. It was like you know what, maybe we're just not that good uh, as good as we were in the early parts of the season. You know this is where we were about you know supposed to be in the preseason you know predictions and everything so like we just came back down to earth but it's fine that we're here and then after the win last night it's oh man he culture no one wants to see us in the playoffs we're going to the finals like it's, it's like that's all it took was just like <laughs> it's like Knicks fans every offseason when they right, exactly. sign a new power forward <laughs> or when they get a new GM team president I mean listen, listen. Hey, you know, so the Heat have struggled defensively lately, so they came back down to earth a little bit. I mean, when you rely on as many young guys as they do, that's to be expected. And Bam is like one of five guys who matches up really well with Giannis. And it just so happened to coincide with a night where the Bucks shoot seven for 34 from three. And the Heat shoot 18 for 37, right? Like, so it was, you know, a confluence of events. And, and Giannis, them being able to wall off the paint because nobody on the Bucks could hit a shot on the second game of the back-to-back. Like, I'm just not worried about the Bucks at all. I mean, they, their win percentage is now uh, 
0.847 yeah, on but the Dave, season. Dave, they're only they're only on pace to win like 68 games now. So, you know, it's, it's fallen dramatically. Strip um, him of the MVP, say, Zach. No more MVP. He's oh, done. No, he's out. No, I mean, give it to LeBron. <laughs> uh, I would say this, like, you know, this is the blueprint for beating the Bucks, which sounds a little simple, but they give up a ton of open looks by cutting off the paint, right? They give up a ton of open looks from deep. And so if you do knock them down, you know, it is it, like it sounds obvious, but it is kind of a, you know, hope they miss and you you make your shots, which is very simplistic basketball. But that's it is kind of the style of what hurt them in the playoffs last year. They're super disciplined in that they're walling off the paint all season. Um, and I think against Miami, you know, Duncan Robinson, notwithstanding, obviously, he's an incredible shooter. Um, their strategy is the right one. Um, it's to pack the paint, force those guys to to shoot, make Jimmy Butler put the ball on the floor and, and create over length. And, you know, like it's a sound strategy. And like I said to Zach, I'm, I'm not going to take a two or three game sample against Miami and go overboard. I, you know, I think the regular season is more um, instructive and informative about what type of team this this team is and is going to be going into the playoffs. I don't know that I would be in panic mode. I think I think Miami is right where they're supposed to be at, right? Like when they were super hot, they weren't quite that good. Like they're not on the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers level, obviously. But I think, you know, they're going to make things difficult for every team that they play in the Eastern Conference playoffs, including the Bucks. I don't think there'll be a walkover for the Bucks, but ultimately I don't I don't know that this game last night was indicative of anything. And I hate being the guy that regular season doesn't matter, but, but I mean on, this but one on, game was, doesn't was. matter. The first time they lost to Miami, there was no Jimmy Butler. Yeah, okay. Know? So now you throw Jimmy Butler in the mix, they lose again. I they mean, the Rockets more. lost to the Knicks last night. I mean, what are we doing here? Man? Well, because they got out rebounded by 31. That's the same. But the one, one thing I kind of want to go back to the Bucks a little bit that's a bit different than last year is they actually kind of have a second gear or a second option to go to in the sense of they can actually – post up Brooke Lopez and he does a pretty good job in the post. You're not going to do it a whole bunch, but you know, he's been productive down there. So at least he's able to, to help alleviate some of the pressure off of Giannis. And that's going to eventually force other teams to double and then hopefully open up more three opportunities for them. But if they're not making shots, they're going to struggle, but having that other way to go, I think is really going to help them in the long run and in the playoffs. Guys, I don't know if you're aware, but it is a make or miss league. Ooh, you know who know. hates that? You know who hates that? <laughs> Tim Legler. Tim Legler hates that. I mean, I, like, it's funny because, like, I know it's like the most base and simple stuff, but with the Bucks, like, this is this is for real. This would be like, you know, the, the Rockets go zero for twenty-seven from three, right? Yeah, and, and that's Make obviously miss. that's the extreme example. But but with the Bucks, they just weren't hitting shots. Like, I, I mean, you know, it, it's I get that it's the beginning of March and and there's a lot of. Um, you know, we're looking for stuff to talk about to a certain degree. We're just waiting and, into the tournament. That's what exactly, we're doing. <laughs> exactly. And, and, but like, you know, the Bucks are still on pace. They have this crazy historic season. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to be the guy who says, well, if you work, that, work out the math and look at how many wide open shots they missed and how many the Heat made, you know, you could balance things out. Like they lost. Yeah. And, and But it's not like you can learn a lot from that loss. 
Dude, and, and remember last year's playoffs, right? Like before Fred Van Vliet had his baby where he literally couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And then the next thing you know, he's pulling up from 28 th- feet and just splashing stuff. Like the well, strategy he was open. there is it's, it's still yeah, he was sound, open. though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like Fred Van Vliet is a fantastic open three-point shooter. Like nobody should have been surprised that – that he shot the lights out when he was walking into wide open threes. And, you know, Danny Green, who's who had a great season shooting the ball last year, was awful in that series shooting, and, and we don't really talk about that. They kind of balance each other out if you just look at what they did on the season. And there's a lot of reasons why the Bucks lost that series, one of which is, you know, lack of offensive diversity, which which Mo just talked about. And now and about. now they've got that. I mean, you know, Chris Middleton had missed a couple of games with the neck. He looked a little off last night, was two of 10 from three. Like the, those games just aren't happening very often. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still think like the, the finals, like the Bucks are going to make the finals and and they should still be far and away the favorite. Mm, I don't know, guys, <laughs> not to play the Ethan role here, but I don't know about that, guys. <laughs> I just I, I have a problem with teams that don't adjust mm. and the Bucks don't adjust. I think Mike Boonholzer is not a dude that adjusts like it's the game plan is the game plan and that's how they win. And when and when they win, it's like, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's not I just I think that they can be gotten. Now, the problem is, is figuring out who's going to who's going to get them in the East. Right. We're like not that's doing the, the problem. Is, thing is today, but we know it's not Philly. We know. I mean, it's got to be it's Toronto or or Boston, right? It's whoever winds up or, coming out of that, out of that or, series. Miami. <laughs> yeah. You're just you're just trying to go. You're just trying to save the hotel reservations you made. <laughs> I did. I made hotel reservations the night before the trade deadline because I thought they were getting Danilo Gallinari, and I'm just trying to hold on to those reservations. <laughs> that's all. Really annoying. Going full was here. Yeah, I mean, you know, double, triple. Quadruple down. I, I, I just, I, I've, I've given up hope with this. This injury stuff with the Sixers. I've realized that my finals pick was foolhardy, and I'm a dope. Next time, there's always next time. Uh, well, speaking of feeling down, uh, you might be feeling sick with the coronavirus, guys. You know that thing's spreading. It's a, it's on the verge of being a global pandemic, and the league sent out memos to teams telling them how to deal with it. And so the interesting thing to me on this is uh, the idea that if there's going to be, like if if a player got sick, right, uh, with the coronavirus, then they would be expected to be out two weeks. Two weeks, which if this happens to the playoffs, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a series. And so if you're a player right now, should they, should, what precautions should they be taking? Like, I'm not someone who is worried about the coronavirus. I do think it's interesting, though, that the league is making this a thing now. You're, you might be the only one, though, Zach. Like, in, in Europe, they're, they're moving games out of Italy. I mean, they're, they're literally shutting down schools in Japan until April. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before things start happening. Uh, there was a report that came out that the NCAA is even considering playing in empty gyms. I think the NBA probably is thinking along those lines as well. I, I know that they, they've been emailing staff for the last couple of weeks um, just event staff saying, "Hey, avoid these regions of the country. Um, you know, don't travel to the, you know to but these Dave, places." Dave, sorry to cut you off, but you do you do know that they did suggest like like fist bumps instead of high fives. So that yeah, well, as we know, coronavirus <laughs> yes. can be spread by the back of the hand, just right, the, right. the front of the hand. So I think they should be okay. Are they actually going to do all that stuff though? Like basketball is like one of the most touchy feely sports there is. I'm yeah. sure as soon as J.R. Smith joins the Lakers. 
like he'll, he's gonna adhere to all the you know the the fist bump rules well but you know what's funny it's like when i was in my first year in san antonio i don't know if it was swine flu or sars or whatever it was like 2009 we we had literally a whole team meeting sit down about that, about there was Purell at every basket. Everybody had to basically touch it, sanitize their hands before they got on the court. Whole deal. Like the team went to crazy precautions just to make sure that, hey, nobody's getting sick. We're, we're, we're going to be super clean and super clear. The locker room was freaking immaculate afterwards and everything like that. So this is kind of what this the league sending this memo out is kind of telling teams like, yo, you need to go back to that. Everybody needs to kind of start taking those meetings and those precautions and be a lot smarter about it. Mo, but let me ask, cause I was talking to Alfred Payton about this. I was like, you know, have they have the Knicks said anything? Has the NBA brought anyone in? Like what's your approach? And he said, you know, I'll try to sign less autographs. Maybe I'll do fist bumps. But his thing was like, you know, if, if it happens, it happens. Uh, you know, whatever will be, will be type of thing. So, the league and teams can take the precautions that they want. Players have to follow through with all that too. And some of them might just not want to, they might be more laissez-faire about all this. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, you're, you're definitely going to have that, but it, it helps having a, the team and, and the league kind of pressing on you going like, Hey, you need to do, at least they're giving you the options of like, you need to go do this. This is the stuff you have to do to take care of yourself. You know, you can open the door for the, for people, but they got to walk through it. So that's on the players to walk through. But the team's got to at least make things available and, and be on top of it. I mean, you're in such a confined space in the locker room, in, on, on flights, on team buses, uh, in practice, and you're throwing the same ball around like the germs are going to be all over the place. So you got to kind of have at least the teams have to do their part to take care of that stuff. And then it's on the players and the individual to take care of themselves as well. The conservative estimates on this is that like 40 percent of the world is going to be infected at some point. Um, I'm pretty For sure. What? Yes, that's a conservative oh. estimates. Like this thing, like is forty really percent of the world. The that world. So we're crazy. talking like the three billion planet. people. Yes, yes. That now most people, I most people have. I mean, I. I didn't say well, that. Zach, I'm you not the one. To, right, it's, I'm not the, 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 I just don't agree with that estimate. That. Your scientific <laughs> opinion, Zach. <laughs> In my common fucking sense opinion, yes, I don't agree. Do forty percent of the said I don't agree. Do forty percent of people have the flu? Do three yeah, billion people have the flu every year? No. So this is is actually this is more contagious than the flu. Um, and, and we don't like. There's just like it's unprecedented, and so at some point it is going to affect the NBA. It's just a matter of you know what's the response going to be, and, and the empty gym thing. Like, I don't know. I can see it. I can see it happening. Have you guys been to an, uh, to an arena since everyone started getting more freaked out about this? Because last night at MSG, I was walking through and I was like, okay, which one of these is patient zero for MSG right now? I saw someone with a mask in San Antonio last week. And my thought was like, if you're that concerned, why are you out? Well, I mean, probably got good seats. Yeah, you don't, don't want to give those up. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think they're charging 2000 a seat Who, here who's in, in town? Uh, San Antonio. Who's, who's in town? You know, the problem with them. Um, coronavirus too i think the name just doesn't sound scary enough like when ebola dropped everybody yeah, ebola, was like oh Ebola's no terrifying yeah. i can't get that yeah coronavirus is like eh, i'll put a lime in it come on was <laughs> but like why would you humor him on that but it's also going to be funny to see how teams handle media you know and and making sure those people 
you know, making sure all you guys who go into the locker room are clean and, 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 and washed up. Cause again, a lot of people are going to pass through in the, in the arenas, in the locker rooms, at the practice facilities and whatnot. I mean, it's going to happen, man. Somebody's going to get sick. Well, they don't, they don't touch us anyway. We're, we're the help. We're the, yeah, it's cause you, know, you and I don't walk into the, the locker room was, but the others, are doing. But, I, but I'll say this though. What are, what are the precautions they're going to take at one Oak? What's the, what's the protocol there? At Poppy. <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering what the precautions will be in those kinds of places. No, there, there won't be. Are you kidding me? I don't know. A precaution at one Oak? You have the bouncer like handing out masks? Like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not how that works. Tristan Thompson is laughing at the notion of it all. Oh, Jordan Clarkson, not having it. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing about this stuff, guys. This is a freaking global pandemic. Exactly. Man. No, we shouldn't be. The you know the the coverage of it is is trying to get us to be fearful of it. Don't laugh at that. Don't laugh at fear. Yeah, <laughs> I think the coverage. I think the coverage of it is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I think it's going a bit. I think I think that I'm okay with them doing it. I'd rather them go overboard than not say anything. And the next thing you know, it's freaking. Fun. I'm not saying don't say anything. I'm they saying, I'm saying, saying anything. I'm saying be truthful. <laughs> what are they saying, Mo? No, I'm just. Uh, well, I barely watch news. I just read the, the the articles I get on Twitter and stuff like that. And then I listen to Zach for uh, advice on how to take care of my health. Uh, but I, I just think it's. I'd rather them be Doctor Harper. Yeah, Doctor Harper. God, Doctor Harper. God help us all. What what sounds what sounds more believable? No, we're going to be fine, or four billion people are going to be infected by this. Well, it's not going to kill four billion people. I didn't like, say kill. Yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. four four billion people. Like that, I, like I mean, have to go to the hospital and get like IVs and all of that. Like no. Uh, so so most. I mean, this is probably not the greatest place to be you know, telling people about the coronavirus. So please, if you're listening, go look this stuff up. But like most people are going to be fairly asymptomatic, right? Like, so th- this is part of why English it's going to spread. English for me, brother. What's right? So you're not going to necessarily show symptoms, show symptoms. Okay. for a while. Okay. And, and this, like here in San Antonio, someone tested negative twice and then they released this person from quarantine only to test them a third time and find out, oh, wait, they actually have the coronavirus. So, um, you know, like, and, and this person had no symptoms whatsoever. That's how, that that's how really this makes is going to spread. Dave, I, I don't get that it. doesn't make sense. I think the testing is probably flawed. I mean, if you have two negatives. Um, how can you be tested for it, not have it, and then have it two weeks later? I think the coverage of it is bullshit. I think the coverage is to strike fear to drive up certain industries. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's not dangerous for people who are in poor health or who are elderly. That's true, but that's true of any flu, any disease. Yeah, but if you if you look at the stock market though, like it's it's actually driving down. A lot of people I've talked to have like maybe Costco's behind this this, <laughs> this corona scare. It's not Costco's so much about it it's not so much about big industry though. It's about small businesses that are getting really hurt. Right, right, exactly. So like yeah. take, but take the, restaurants but, in my town. Nobody's going to them now. And right, but that, Jay, that Jay, sucks for that. Nobody wants small like businesses to succeed flag. anyway in this country, right? Like that's the dream, and, allegedly, yeah. but big business I mean, doesn't want any of that to happen. Well, but they it's also they have have a yellow caution flag for, for situations like this for the economy in a sense because it's unfair. 
to well, a small business person. But right? it's directly affecting the supply chain, right? Like, I mean, all the manufacturing in China that's been hit because, you know, there are areas that are that are being really hard hit in China. I mean, that oh, is every di- aspect. Directly I mean, going every upstream, aspect of the right? You guys all complain of the fact yeah. that I have an Android. Last week, my phone broke and I went to get a new phone and I turned to them and I said, okay, let me get the uh, the new iPhone, the latest iPhone out. And the guy looked at me and just said to me, we're out. I'm like, well, when are you getting it again? He's like, we haven't had a shipment in two weeks. And the only place to get one is 50 miles away. And I was just like, well, wow. all right. Oh my God. <laughs> well, the rest of you guys are screwed. I'm not, I'm never Mo, getting an iPhone. Mo, I don't, I don't complain that you have an Android. I think, I just think it's adorable. First off, I, yeah, I have, I, I, have I, I have receipts. I have receipts. Stay green. Stay green, Mo. Receipts, no, I'll make fun of you for it. I'm not mad you don't have one. You know, It keeps you off the group chat. By the way, our conversation was probably better than the mainstream media. Hundred percent. That's my issue with the you know? coverage of it. Is that the coverage of it is there to peddle fear? That's what we. Ha- that's what happens when any of this outbreak stuff happens. We've oh. gone through this time after time. Now that doesn't again doesn't mean it's not serious for certain people, but the coverage of yeah. it is bullshit. I so learned play, a crazy but I'm, Okay, but to play devil's advocate. Wait, hold on, watch, 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 hold on. I saw CJ tweet that out the other day about maybe we should do fist bumps and and stay clean or something to that effect. And I and and I came across this stat the other day that says the body contains three hundred and eighty trillion viruses. Right now, your body has three hundred and eighty trillion, yeah. roughly. Now imagine how many are in your body if you have an Android. <laughs> That's insane. None. Though, right? I'm completely so clean, the, Zach. The whole notion of, of of informing people is is not even present in in our dialogue, right? About what all this stuff actually is. What a germ is. Nobody knows. That's what makes it so frightening to people, right? No one has a clue. If you ever listen to a like what I do is go on YouTube, check out the uh, biologists, and t- they talk about it in a very leveled way, and, and it makes you feel at ease. By the way. And you're like, oh, you know, and you learn something in the process. That's the kind of conversation you want to be hearing, right. not the shit that you exactly. see in That's the news. That's my point. That's nonsense. That there, there are things to take away from this whole thing. It's not to be brushed off. I'm just not fearful of it. And granted, yeah. I have, I have, I'm in a, I'm in a advantageous position. I am in good health. Right. I'm clean, and I have health. I'm more fearful right? of like, the coverage. Right. That's yeah. What I'm, I'm fearful me. of misinformation in the coverage that's there to drive panic. That's the issue I have. But the other side of that is if they did – if they didn't press, you know, ring the alarm on this thing and this thing got out of hand, people would say, well, why didn't we know? Sure. No, that's that's a very fair point. I'm just not – I'm just not going to – I'm not going to buy into the fear then. If that's that's the method, I I choose not to buy into the fear because I don't find it fearful. Hey, guys. Can I give you breaking news? The Knicks have put out a statement. Yes, yes. All right, let me read it. Let me let me get my James Lipton voice on. R.I.P. New York is the mecca of basketball. The idea that Spike Lee is a victim, because we have repeatedly asked him not to use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the Garden, is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetuate drama. He's welcome to come to the Garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands with a photo of Jim and Spike shaking hands. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Oh my God. 
goodness. They're not fist bumping? Really did oh, put the picture out there. Do we they think really so? did put the picture this, out there. I'm about to tweet it. It's a good photo. They're shaking hands. Spike looks good. James it's, looks good. It's grainy as hell, though. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Does Steve Stout approve this? And then they took a picture of Penn Plaza entrance. Yes. Oh, oh I goodness. love this league. <laughs> the Knicks are too much, dude. Like, the, putting laughable in a statement is just, all right, now you're trying to, okay. Trying to throw shots. Trying to throw shots. WWE. I needed that red in our uh, Macho Man Randy Savage voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe we're here. It's the it's – last night they just hired – yesterday they hired Leon Rose. Why are we here? The Knicks are crazy. This is wild. I'm telling you right now, Leon Rose has to resign right now and just be like, yo, I'm out. <laughs> I did my part. Mike, I have, to, I have to have a rebuttal for you when you say I can't believe we're here. I can only believe we're here. <laughs> it's the Knicks. Uh, you knew a, they were going to put point. out a statement. They put out a statement anytime anyone talks Knicks on first take. <laughs> Sometimes even the people who work for them. Yeah. Right, exactly. This is all James Dolan. Like, no actual public relations no. professional would, like, this grainy photo to be like, look, we shook on it. It's like, I mean... Come on, just say, look, we told him to use a different entrance. That's good enough. Like, you know, this is what we, this is our new policy. It's not targeted at Spike. It's just a new policy we implemented. Spike didn't know. We're moving on from this. But the whole showing pictures of the entrance so is much. like, what, like what, what are we doing right That's now? That's so much man? cat energy. We're going to find out Dolan was trying to spread coronavirus to Spike Lee there to get him to, yeah, to be quiet. That. Yep. New York is the mecca of basketball. I don't even care about the nutmeg thing anymore. <laughs> Here's the nutmeg thing. Trey Young, nutmeg, Trevor Reza. He got a shoulder check. Then he said he's not going to stop nutmegging people the rest of his career. Yeah, That's good. It. Good. Right. This is Back insane. to the mix. This is, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Trey, Trey's right. Good. Nutmeg everybody. Nutmeg everybody. If you don't God. like it, stop it. And Trevor Reza wouldn't do that to Zion. They couldn't do that to Zion. Right. So, yeah, I, I just. <laughs> he tried to stop Zion from going into the paint and he got shouldered out of the way. I mean, at, at what point do the unwritten rules stop? Are you not allowed to hit a guy with a crossover? Like, what if he falls down? Right? Like, I, I just. Good God. That that made me actually. That actually made me mad because Trevor Reza, you know, the guy's been in the league for a long time. Um, you know, it, it, how would people feel if Vivek had, had forearm checked Ariza for just, you know, dogging it when he was in Sacramento? Right, like that's way more embarrassing than getting nutmeg. I'm not, I'm not all that You're, upset. The reason's reaction of, of of throwing the shoulder and him, like no, I was fine with it. He got I'm he got called for the flagrant. It's, they it's, moved it's, on. It's, it's, it's professional it's, basketball. It's, These guys are grown. I'm not men. mad I'm not at that at all. Like it doesn't it doesn't bother me one bit. I wish they would let. I wish I wish they would let the game get a slightly rougher. Yeah, me too. I agree. Me too. Same. I actually agree with that. And, but, but that's it's just different. too trolling. That's different. I, I like. I mean, an but open this, no, no, but in this case, he, he clearly. Like, yeah, yeah. He, listen, he got out of line, but it happens. I mean, I do it. it I do it in he soccer reacted. all the time. Every time the, one of the young kids tries to nutmeg me, I just push him. <laughs> like, nope, <laughs> I don't mind it at all, man. It's part of the game. And if and if you get beat, you get beat. It's it is what they it is. Up after the game. That's right. And also what what. What I'm more, more, what I'm more a bit like, okay, I'm raising my eyebrow at not enough guys on, 
on the Hawks came to his defense. Like, his big men supposed to step in because this guy is always the smallest guy on right. the court, yet yeah, he's man. your best player. Nobody was there to step in. He, well, I, don't think I they gotta like see some much. intimidation from Hunter and, and Collins. None and the of them. Like, know. They're all young. They don't yeah, know don't, the rules. <laughs> they haven't gotten the unwritten yeah, rule book yet. So That's fair. That's why you miss Alex Len, who's just a psychotic person. <laughs> He would have come is charging he, in. Is that is that his like reputation? He's, like a, he's not he's like I wouldn't say he's like he's not Robin Lopez. He's not Robin Lopez or Peck. <laughs> Robin would've, Lopez would have would've been in the Reese's in. Grill, by the way. Oh, Robin Lopez would have picked him up and thrown him into the third row. <laughs> yeah, Robin like, Lopez is psychotic. Like that would not have been tolerated. But I'm not mad at what a reason did. I, I get it. He's an old fogey, and you know the young guy tried to do something slick, and he ain't like it. I'm I'm not mad at that. I think we need that. That sort of variance in the game, right? Like I like the two Definitely. clashing of the, you know, of the times. Like Trey Young is young, emerging Ariza's. This is 16th season in the NBA. Year 16. Year 16. <laughs> He's doing this in year 16. Um, you know, so I, I get it, man. It's a cultural disconnect, but there's nothing wrong with it. They let it fly in like hockey, right? Obviously. Shit, the guys I mean, are fighting. I mean, yeah. hockey, hockey, they, they <laughs> would hit you. And, and then baseball and then, too. And, and baseball, and baseball you're allowed right? to fight too. It's, yeah, but 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 also you get the hit by the pit, pitcher, right? You get these slides that are crazy. Like, well, le- unless you unless you cheat for three years, oh, and then and then, and then you're not allowed that. to hit them anymore. Oh. I can't wait till they come to LA. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. I just feel like it's they're too with the NBA. It's always just so tightly controlled, and it's well because because also in hockey and in baseball, it really can't spill into the yeah. into the stands, right? Um, and with NBA, it has often. Although I would love to watch a you hockey so fight funny, get man, into the, the stands and, somehow. Just you know, break the glass and just. Oh, I would love. Oh, that's that. probably there's one out that. there. The NBA <laughs> is so image one. conscious in a lot of ways because you know they're just really conscious about look we're selling black stuff to white people or whatever. Yes, that's it. This that's why they're like so conscious about oh it's a brawl it looks like a riot it looks like people are rioting and looting on the court like right. you know it's it's that type of thing right but you know some of the stuff <laughs> some of the stuff that they don't police like you know just just the way and Ethan talks about this all the time like the way guys talk about their free agency and their businesses and their this and their that, like the lack of self-awareness that they're not policing that comes off is like, wow, these guys are some entitled little punks, you know, like it's, it's funny to me, the stuff that they want to police. Cause I think honestly, the physicality, the physical stuff, people like that. People like that a lot, honestly. Yeah. I think they just also want to push scoring and more offensive stuff, which is why we got rid of the hand check rule and, and things like that. It's easier for offenses to score so that we can get these games in the one twenties and and so on. So I think it's for the flow of it as well. It is kind of funny that the mouse at the palace happened like two years after the rules change, right? Or was it that year? When did that happen? Was that Oh five or Oh four Oh five. I can't remember when that happened. Oh five Oh six, but that they were trying to like move more score, and these two teams, the Pacers and Pistons, like, no, nah, fuck that. No. <laughs> like, we're going to lock everybody down. November 19, 2004. That's what, so it was that early in the, oh, so they, they protested the new rules. Because the new rules, new rules came in 2004, 2005 season. 22,000 people in the house. 
That was, that was yeah, but left with only twenty five, twenty one thousand five. I didn't know. Wins. I didn't know Tim Donig. I didn't know Donaghy was a ref in that game. Oh yeah. <laughs> any, any game that's controversial at this point, yeah. you probably can just say yeah. he was. He the immediately official. put five hundred dollars on Ron Artest. All right. Oh <laughs> uh, what else we got? We've got one more thing. Oh, Steph and Dame are coming back. You guys excited? I'm excited I'm to excited see Dame. For Steph. Um, yeah, and I'm excited for Dame too. I think you know they're they're, they're going to try like hell to get that eighth spot, and 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 you know I like that they they're going to like actually play out the string, right? Um, where you know a lot of times in March and April, some of these regular season games. You start to look at some of the lineups that teams are putting oh. out, and it's like, oof. Well, you're going to have so, some of these teams tanking. Yeah, so it's nice to see that Portland and, and Memphis and New Orleans are going to actually go for it. And I think Sacramento, too, yeah, Sacramento's are going to go for it. playing well right now. So it's, so it's nice. And they are playing well. And, and they're a fun – I think they got a fun group. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm into Giles. I'm obviously into Fox, who I think is a secret Haitian, but I got to do my, my, um, my research <laughs> oh, on that. Um, and obviously, Secret me and Mo Asian. are the biggest bogey fans on the on the face <laughs> yes, of the earth. Yes. So, why do we not have a parody song of Waz singing "Secret Haitian Man"? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, get him in the studio. Get book some studio time. Let's go. Secret Haitian Man. Waz at, Waz at the risk of butchering this. What is it? Sapasse. What's the sacpasse? Sacpasse. Sorry. <laughs> but I think yes. that that. That's actually, you know what that means, uh, Zach? No. It means New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why he's always yeah, saying the Asian Uber drivers. No. Yeah. But I think that race <laughs> that race to the eight seeds actually going to get really interesting because we have four teams all three, just three games behind Memphis, and they have the toughest schedule. And, and it's just And they fell apart. I, 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 just it's going to be a lot of fun. Killing them right now. Uh, is is Jalen done for the season? No, 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 no. Okay. Jaren. Um, you mean Jaren? I, and I do. Excuse me, Jaren. I would, honestly, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Know, they all look if, the same. If he winds up being out longer than the two weeks that they're saying, just because you know this is year two, and and they don't care necessarily if they make the playoffs. You know, like that they're taking the long the long term approach. I, yeah, I mean, like it's good for them, though, but it, it doesn't really matter if they do or not because they're just going to be swept yeah, in the first round anyway. Fair. I mean, I guess maybe good experience and you get the. The home ticket sales, but 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 they're way yeah, more concerned. I'm sure about That's the long term health like, of his knee. Yeah, and they're playing yeah, with yeah. house money. You should be, and they're playing with house money. Like nobody, ex- yeah, but nobody expected them to be right. in the playoff race. Right, but this is the this is the thing though is that just because the expectations were this in October don't doesn't mean the expectations. Oh are sure, now. yeah, like, yeah. But I, I don't think that they're yeah, willing yeah. to you know rush him back from this thing to to try to make a push for it. I do want to say this about Golden State. I'm not a fan of how they handled this Steph thing. I, I, I think it's it's just it's a bad look, dude. Like we get that the season is done, and you know we know what you're playing for at this point. It's like all right, we got to get our assets in order and blah 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 blah. But like, dude, he's he's the most famous. If the, he's either the second or the most famous player in the league, um, and he's still in his prime, and he just straight up missed. I would say conservatively well, five to six. But extra hold on, weeks there's the nerve for thing, no reason. Right? Like so, uh, I mean, unless we're just gonna not take that at face value. I mean, if he's having a nerve issue in his hand, I mean, maybe he really couldn't play. I don't know. I don't know. 
Dave, 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 if this were just a normal Golden State, we got something to play for. We got something to prove. We don't want to, you know, let's just say this was the difference. Steph missing this five extra weeks was the difference between, say, a seven seed and a three seed. Like, would he have missed this? these Probably amount of games? The answer is no. But they There's are no awful. Way. And if he's There's got no the nerve way. thing. And it's a bad look, dude. And there's different rules for Steph than there is for Andre Iguodala because he's counted upon. And he's making $45 million this year. Like, it's, it's that's a bad look to me, man. I think they handled this kind of terribly. And, you know, the league is getting slammed. Like, look, people are panicking. Like, yo, your ratings are lagging and nobody wants to watch your game anymore and blah, 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 blah. Man, like, but that's a guy on that salary with that visibility could just miss six weeks just for the fuck of it. Like, that's bad to me. But that's not the. This isn't the first time this kind of stuff has happened in the league. I mean, just look at what San Antonio did with David Robinson to tank to get to Tim Duncan. You know, like this is this, and that, that was in the nineties. Like, this isn't a, yeah. a a crazy, crazy real stretch of of violating of rules that that, that we've never seen before or anything like that or. or or the trust within the the fans and and the team or anything like that wise. Like, I just think this is something we've seen a couple of times over. So I'm not like, I'm not that hurt about it. I'm only, the only thing that really caught me off guard was when they seemed to be not on the same page, when it looked like Steph was coming and playing on Sunday and then, and then then Steve Kerr's like, hold up, you know? So it's just kind of a, a, a weird Situation the G League there. starts. I mean, they're insulting our intelligence. I don't here, mind guys. the G League. Like, no, no. I'm a hundred percent. I'm okay with them. I actually think. I think that's how teams yep. should be bringing guys back. Is having them go practice with the G League. I actually think. To, to be honest, this is, and I've said this before, but like when Gordon well, Hayward was coming back, no, you're right because yeah, NBA teams don't actually practice. So that's a fair point. The, the actual team isn't practicing. So it's I mean, not like he can practice with his exactly. own team. So he's got to get those reps. Portland's in. dealing so, with not, yeah, like fair. they're dealing with that's the, the side effect of not having a G League team because uh, Nurkic hasn't really been able to practice and get reps and get himself ready to go. So, I mean, they've probably prolonged how long, how much time he's it's missing. It's good for exposure, uh, too. Because they don't have you know, that for the G- G- Yeah, Well, I think you guys are missing, too. It is. And you guys are missing the fact that, like, Steph practicing the G League got him ready for his teammates when he comes back to the Warriors. Yep, like, that's, exactly. Yeah. It, it's, you know, baseball's been good about this forever, like sending guys down to the minors when they come back, you know, to <laughs> get them ready. Yes, exactly, Dave. You know what? Some of the biggest games that I ever attended in New Britain, the New New Britain Red Sox, were when players were rehabbing. They were sold out. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I remember remember when I saw Eric Chavez play for the Sacramento River Cats years ago on a rehab assignment. Richmond Braves, when Chipper Jones, Ryan Klesko, and all those guys were still in AAA, Deion Sanders did a rehab stint there. It was it was amazing. Wow. wow. Like you want to wow. talk about building like a grassroots awesome. fan base. Now the G League doesn't is not in the zeitgeist like AAA baseball is. But I mean, what a great opportunity to like kind of get in on the ground floor with those guys. I mean, I, I think eventually the G League will get there. Um, but you know, I, sending guys down makes a lot of sense from multiple angles. And and that's such a great point, Dave, about Portland kind of hurting themselves without having the G League team. Like it's it's so valuable for teams that are able to do that. It makes such a big difference. And then it's a guy within your own system. So it's like, you know, usually the head coach is somebody you've hired within the organization. So you can be like, yo, you need to make sure 
he gets a ton of reps or run, run these actions so that he can get used to all of this stuff. It makes a big difference, man. Who's the MVP, guys? We'll do a quick poll around the around the the circle here. James Dolan. Uh, Waz. James. <laughs> all right. Uh, Waz, who's your MVP? Bradley Beal's fiance. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm glad we're all it's taking so it. Jade asked me to do this, so I'm glad we're all taking it seriously. Yeah. It's, it's so obvious. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's so obviously Giannis that we literally could just, like, say, you know, just about did anything do, here. Did like, we everybody do Hard, Harden and Giannis Gate? Did we do that here last year? No, the Harden saying, I wish I was a big, doofy guy who could just dunk all day. I actually have to have skill work. No, no, because it happened like end of last week. And and, and everybody was wrong. Gian, Giannis was wrong for saying James Harden never passes, and obviously Harden but, is wrong. But, that, right? like, but we know that's yeah. why it's so good, right? Like right, trash right. talk is yeah. so much better when it's inaccurate and, uh, and like it, right. it leads you to like – to to have to defend yourself in the most obvious of ways, like that's why that's why I love what's happened here. Is next I want I want him to say like I want Giannis to say something like we know that like you know he has a beard because he's ugly. Like I did like it's got to be something along those lines, right? Like they have to get super weird, super petty, super personal for no reason. I mean, Giannis could just uh, show the highlight of Harden missing that you know that easy layup last night. Let, and, and ask him, you know, hey, would you have liked to have been seven foot for that? If, <laughs> if, uh, like, if, if, if Giannis doesn't walk in there with like a twenty-seven miss three or twenty-seven straight miss threes T-shirt tonight, like, what are we doing? That's awesome. Oh, like that's what they have to do. I really want Giannis's Instagram to just have the the image of him throwing the ball off of Harden's face. Uh, just post that as a story every day. Every day. Every day. Every yeah. twelve hours. Whatever. Just yeah. just constantly perpetuate that. I would love that. Like, but it's fun, man. It's fun. I mean, they're Dave's right. They're both in the wrong. But it's also fun to kind of have these rivalries. Yeah. And it's fun to have these rivalries. And they're gonna play here in the next week or two. Like it's it, this is fun stuff for us. And and uh, and Giannis just doesn't like he's not here for any of the NBA sort of politics. Like it's just like yo, you were talking uh, shit about my accomplishment. Yeah, um, I'm I don't, not I don't feeling know if it. I believe that was. Why do you say that? Um, I think he's more involved with that stuff than we think. The okay. NBA politics are part of it. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's less so than than a lot of players. But I do think like. No, there's, he's a, there's a little bit of the there's whole, a little bit of the whole. I didn't work out with LeBron because I want to beat LeBron. Right? That, yeah, that's, he's playing yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's by WrestleMania that. heel yeah. stuff. But the idea of like you're denigrating my accomplishment by talking about oh you deserved it and blah, like I'm not here for that. And I'm gonna speak up for myself. And I'm I, I, I frankly I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like I you know I I understand where he's coming from with that. Oh yeah. Oh, it would be a big a big fuck you. From me, if that was, if, if, somebody, you're, if you're trying yeah. to take the award that I've already won, right? Like, like come yeah, on. I'm, yeah, that's. And Houston's always doing this, of course, about everything. Of that's course. the problem, too. Of course, because it is. It's just an organization of of whiners. I will say this about Daryl Morey: like he did come out and say something today that I completely agree with. It was either today or yesterday where he talked about um, how the Lee or how it it's bad for business that. 
so many announcers, especially on nationally televised games, hate the product they're watching, right? And it's stuff we've talked about before, but Daryl Morey yeah. actually came out and said it um, on some some talk show or something. Um, and and so for as much shit as I've given Daryl Morey for being a whiner over the years, I'm glad he at least said that. Now, did, he I talk think about, did he talk about China? Nah, I, I don't know. I only saw the one clip. So I'm sure he got. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. It was, speak up, it, it was the next I'm segment. Sure speak up for democracy. Yeah, it was the next segment. But then they then they got, they had to break for you know breaking Spike Lee news in the Knicks. So I think that that's, <laughs> yeah, they never that's got, got, got out of there. They, they, yeah. they never. No, got but to uh, and I think part of that is self serving because people shit on you know the Rockets style of play so much, right? So I think that there's obviously motive yeah, behind what saying that, but it doesn't make it less true. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the what he said was right, though. We have too many announcers who, especially in the national broadcast game, were like, let's just say it's Van Gundy. If, like, I mean, it's but it's not just him, though. There, there are times where I'll watch a game and they've not talked about what's going on in the game for like four or five straight possessions. And they're just on some other salient point. I and I'm like, lo- yo, I used to really guys. love Jeff. And I think in the playoffs, he's generally good. Like he's pointing out adjustments and he's breaking out X and O stuff. Yeah. Like he's, he's usually good for that stuff in the important games. But a lot of times you tune into the games, man. And he is just chatting. He's just, yeah, chatting. you know, which I'm, I'm okay with on a certain level, Dave, because like it is a long game and a long season, right? right? Like I think, but, yeah. but there can't, there's gotta be a, a cap to it. Well, it's also TV. So like, you don't need to do radio play by play, right? Like Agreed. I don't need, yeah. you know, but uh, there was a stark contrast between the normal Jeff Van Gundy that we get. Uh, who, like, when he's actually contributing uh, and educating he's the audience, great. he's so yeah. good. And, and like when he was, he was partnered with Jimmy Dykes, who normally calls uh, college basketball games. And, and there's such a stark difference between the way college is is called and, and the NBA. And like Jimmy clearly didn't didn't know as much about the NBA, right? It's not his job. Um, but Jeff Van Gundy was amazing. He had all of this stuff pulled out of him because of Jimmy Dyke's excitement for the game. And, and like, I wish that somebody, you know, in the broadcast would see that and say, you know, this is what we really should be going for, where we're celebrating what we're actually, you know, sitting here promoting, right? Like, if you want ratings to go up, you want to get people excited about what they're watching and make them realize, like, this is the best game on the planet and these are the best players on the planet and, and you get to watch them every single night. Like we should all be really excited about it instead of, you know, the cranky stuff that we get all right, the time. Right. And I don't, we don't need to make NBA broadcasts a puff piece, right? But there's a middle, no, but there's a middle ground. There is. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And you could be critical while also still, you know, like excited about it. Like, I mean, I, I actually think we could probably use a little bit more criticism and, and, and discussion, especially when we're talking about coaching and, you know, if you, you know, Jeff Van Gundy was an NBA coach. If anybody's qualified to criticize NBA coaching, it would be so him. He won't but do it. <laughs> you know, we don't get that. Well, he won't do it. No, he refuses. And, and so, yeah. you know, yeah. But like, I've been watching a lot more college basketball here lately, just getting myself ready for for March Madness. And uh, man, it's just it's night and day. Difference. Are they still doing that? The whole yeah. March Madness thing. We'll Son see. Bitch. We'll that? see. All right. Um, okay. Before. We go, guys. Uh, I just want to give a little uh, a little heads up to our to our listening audience. Um, we'd like you to pause for a brief moment and ask you, our incredible listeners, our amazing listeners, the people who support us, uh, to go click 
into the show notes for today's episode and follow the link that's there. It's a very short survey. Uh, you know so much about us. Uh, we don't really know anything about you. You know that uh, you know that Dave loves him some good food. You know that I love me some Nick Cage. You know Waz loves him uh, some Waz. What, do, what what can I say that you love? New York. New York. He loves him some New York. <laughs> uh, but we don't know anything about you, and we are trying to get a better uh, idea of how to serve our audience and serve our listeners. The survey is eleven super simple questions. Take you about sixty seconds or less to fill that out. I promise. If not. Let me know and I'll, I don't know, I'll apologize or something. Uh, so head to the show notes for today's episode and click on the link. It uh, means a lot to us. And since you already support us so much, we hope that you will partake in that. Uh, one more time around the table. Mike, who's your MVP? Giannis. Dave. Giannis. Waz. <laughs> Giannis. Okay. I'm going to go with James Hill. That's going to do it for today's back-to-back podcast. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, thanks to Mo Dakil. Thanks to Dave DeFore, Watson Lambry, Mike Borkinoff, Jay Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic for all your best basketball coverage. Take it away your name